this is back to the point. I'm Migs, and on the other line over there, it's Ian. Uh, and we are your hosts today. And wow, we are coming off of man, probably the biggest, most incredible playoff win in Sharks franchise history. I mean, the Stanley Cup final was big, but just what happened that game was out of this world. So, uh, Ian, what are your thoughts? Dude, so crazy. So crazy. Um, Yeah, honestly, the most insane game I've ever watched of hockey. Really fun that the Sharks could be involved in it, especially on the winning end. Um, Personally, Timo was like a man on a mission. He was like an unstoppable bull. He had so many scoring chances. He just didn't actually put one away. But if he had scored, I don't think I could have been any happier. That's literally <laughs> the only thing that I wish would have happened that didn't happen. That would have been the cherry on top, right? Yeah, but after four goals, you know, I don't really care anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that was just so many emotions oh, wrapped yeah. up in a bag. Uh, and I don't even know where to start about this game. I mean, there was so much that happened, so many lows, so many highs. And to be honest, I, I didn't even see the whole game. I tuned in with 12 minutes left in the third. <laughs> pretty much that's all I needed, yeah. right? For all the, for pretty much 90% of the drama of that game, I suppose. Um, yeah, that's crazy. I guess let's just start with just what, what this series win means for the Sharks and you kind of alluded to it already, but the for the Sharks to kind of come out on top and, and to have something like this happen for them, I, I think back to 2011. That was that was the pretty much the first year that I was really into hockey, and that that comeback from four goals against mm. the Kings was pretty incredible. But they they did that over a, <laughs> a longer span of time, yeah. not four power play goals in four minutes. So this was. Uh, this is remarkable. And I know there's a lot of controversy about this and we'll get to that later, but uh, that's something that I tweeted about at the end of the game that the heart that the team showed, I think um, I know, I know that's, that's, you know, a term that maybe people will frown upon it, but I'm going to say, I don't think people are frowning upon it anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, how how else could you describe that? That's just like, force of will and heart to heart to determination play. yeah whatever you want to pull say. it out of your gut or something you know? <laughs> to come yeah. back and do that and, and what that means like from for the franchise potentially mm-hmm. being in a on a tipping point over a cliff of of the ramifications of losing that series uh to to do that is huge so just from a big picture, what does this mean for the franchise and, and the Sharks actually getting one after all the terrible losses they've had mm-hmm. in, the, in the past? Yeah. That's, that's sweet. Now the most historic thing closely associated with the Sharks in recent history is not the reverse sweep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's now the most historic game of all time. Right, Yay! right. And no, honestly, you say that, but this, but, uh, yeah, I don't how think many I'm times really has something like this happened in the 100-year history of the NHL? Yeah for a team to do this and to not only come back from three, a three, one deficit in a series, but in mm-hmm. the game, in the game seven, well, game six to score shorthanded in double OT after an amazing performance by your goaltender. And then in game seven to just totally take advantage of a call mm-hmm. and turn a game upside down on its head. It's, 
yeah. it's kind of it's it's crazy it's baffling as far as ho- hockey goes it's, it's crazy what happened yeah i mean i think it all starts honestly in game two like game one came out the sharks played well the sharks ended up winning vegas a lot of people predicted a seven game series and i think this series definitely delivered just not in the ways really people expected um honestly this whole series can be categorized by I'm I'm going to say Vegas collapse because uh, the Sharks came out in game one and, you know, we, we had a good game, good win, hard fought, good job. But yeah. um, game two, they lost a three goal lead almost in what, 10 minutes instead of five. Right. I, it was three zero and it might've even been like five, six minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes, something like that. I, it know, wasn't I think four. it was two. Some, I think it might've been a little bit more than two minutes. Yeah. Again, they lose their three zero lead. That's not something you can do in the playoffs. We saw that happened to the lightning and it completely changed the playoff series. After that, <laughs> Columbus swept them. Mm-hmm. You know, if Bobrovsky gets pulled, and she, or he, um, if Bobrovsky gets pulled and then isn't left in that game, you know, that series could have gone a very different way. But instead, Tortorella trusted him and they came back and they ended up beating uh, Tampa and they ended up swept the series. And you see in game two shades of the collapse that ended up happening in, honestly, games. Uh, Game six and seven. Right. Um, games two and three and four were honestly some of the darkest times for Sharks, for Sharks players, for Sharks fans. Because you see on paper how ridiculously deep this team is. And you have hope that Jones could regain some form of his playoff potential. Um, and save percentage based on the season that he just didn't have. And in game one, we thought, okay, he did it. But in game two, three, and four, he just didn't. And he, honestly, he was single-handedly costing the Sharks a series. And what, what did you think about games, I guess, five, six, and seven, but specifically five, yeah, I guess five, six, and seven. Well, it was a big reversal on the Jones front. I mean, mm-hmm. it, in game five he definitely was very solid and the team picked up play and got it out a a good win a hard-fought win i think uh they had officiating definitely against them i remember that was one thing that i was very upset about we can talk about officiating later i'm not talking about like a big major call that we maybe that we kind of saw you know in this last game in game Mm -hmm. two but you know it was more of the consistently missed minor penalties uh, which which was a theme that I saw not only in this series but last year's series and pretty much the whole season two season series between these two teams that I think have mm-hmm. pretty much mostly favored Vegas in terms of officiating. Um, I'm not even that hesitant to say that just because it's something I've noticed. Honestly, if you look them. at if you were to look at the games, it's it's not even a conspiracy anymore. Right. And I I think that that was was something. So Jones played solidly, but then he just kept on building on that. Uh, that was the peak of the mountain <laughs> of him 
roar <laughs> that he was roaring back up in game six to put on mm-hmm. uh, a new franchise record with 58 saves on, you know, almost 60 shots by Vegas. That was just incredible to keep the sharks in it and give them the chance to just slap Vegas in the face. Absolutely. With a double overtime shorthanded goal. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the dark moments of the series and taking that penalty in overtime, mm-hmm. which is frustrating, you know, because they let everything go up until that point. And then pretty early on in that penalty kill, uh, it happens where the Sharks score and you realize Short-handed. it's going back to San Jose for game seven. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and then game seven, I'm only going to talk about a chunk of it, but from what I understand, you know, Jones was – Maybe not not as good Joe, as game six. I mean, Jones six, was honestly, he was fine. But maybe as good as game five again, Yeah, right? he was fine. And uh, from also what I've heard, the team was playing pretty well, but not getting there. Yeah, man, uh, we had so many chances, yeah. just nothing. We had Melker Carlson, Timo Meyer, Evander Kane, like literally everyone, it felt like they had wide open net misses or a scoring chance, like a glorious scoring chance, and they shoot wide or something, or just missing the net or shooting into a block. And it's just like, Eventually, this is going to start to cost us. And then it goes one up Vegas, and you're like, oh, okay. It goes two up Vegas, and then you're like, oh, we need to get one soon. And then 3-0 Vegas, I started to see, think my dark thoughts about, well, you know, this could be the end for this team. And I was, we were getting sad. We were getting very <laughs> sad. And then you tune out at 12 minutes. I tuned out 12 when it was 3-0, and all yeah. those thoughts were Lucky you, you avoided all moment. of those thoughts for like 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. We're really like an hour and a half with like um, intermission and stuff, but. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and Vegas Vegas gets a call where it's a, it's a major penalty. We all know about what happened. Um, whatever you think about the call, we'll discuss it a little bit after that, but they collapsed big time i have never seen four goals scored on a major penalty in my 10 years of watching hockey and i've never even heard about it across any game regular season whatever that is an absolutely historic and shocking collapse yeah and let's not take let's not not take it away from yeah i mean obviously I think people are more apt to point out that um, they really failed because people feel like the the call was a gift to the Sharks, but the refs didn't give them four goals. The Sharks earned those. Right, yeah. I mean, the Sharks, the way they pushed really to to get those goals, you know, after the fact of the the major penalty being called was – it was both. You know, you see – you saw Vegas collapsing in on themselves, imploding – but then you also see the sharks as an external force that, that's yeah. causing that implosion, right? Yeah, um, that's the thir- and- that was the third time that Vegas showed that they were mentally not capable of locking it down when it needed to happen in this in the when it was asked of them the most. They lost a three a three goal lead in game two in the first minutes of the game. They. Uh, they got scored on shorthanded in double overtime on a soft goal. That cannot happen. That absolutely cannot happen. If you have a power play gifted to you like that happened, you need to put it away. If they do that, there's no game seven. 
Yeah. It's not even, oh, they got scored on in overtime. They had a power play and they got scored on short handed. Yeah. That is the most embarrassing thing that could have happened to them to that point. Mm-hmm. And then what do they do? They give up like, and the past like two, three seasons, the Sharks have been earned major penalties probably like a handful of times. And the Sharks are able to kill those in normal situations. And maybe they get one goal. I don't remember even seeing two. The only time I remember seeing more than two, I think, was in the 2012 Stanley Cup final with the Devils and the Kings. And then the Devils took a major penalty early on. The Kings scored, like, three? Hmm. But four? With time to go? Get over yourself, Vegas. (laughs) Honestly, that's the most shocking collapse I've ever had. And you don't see five-minute majors happen very often. But and did when you they... see what happened to Pavelski's body? <laughs> yes, and we will get into that. But yeah. when, when major penalties are called like that, yeah, you know in theory that this is, not even, this is not even a double minor. This is a continuous power play. So go ahead and score all the goals you want. The- theoretically, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was thinking that when I realized it's a five-minute major – I told Lauren, you know, like they can score and keep scoring and it doesn't end. I, I said this at the beginning <laughs> of that power play. I had some hope, you know, optimistic. Yeah. What self, a chance to get. I mean, you don't think it's necessarily deep down. You don't think it's necessarily actually going to happen, but you're hoping or like, do you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, that's that's just that doesn't really happen. I think I might have seen like two get scored on in the past and I can't even pinpoint when that was. Mm-hmm. But but four goals, like you said, with time to spare, um, you you can complain about the officiating the call all you want, but you as a penalty killing unit got to do more than that, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you think of uh, Galat as a coach, did he already use his timeout? You know, why did he? He used it during he... the power play, didn't he? No, he didn't. I think he used it right before when Pavelski was injured. I think he took a timeout then to discuss how to do it. Should he have done it then or should he have waited, right? Uh, I don't quite know, but I mean, honestly, maybe you can't take a – you may not be able to take a, a a timeout in the middle of a power play. I don't think I've ever seen that. There's probably a rule against that. Yeah. I don't remember. My mind was just in such a fuzz in those four, <laughs> four or five minutes that I remember there was some sort of timeout by Vegas, but I don't remember when, when it was, after which yeah. goal, before which. I, it I was it was while he was on the ice because someone from the stands threw something into threw some threw some debris on the ice, and then that it kind of paused before the power play to stop to pick it up, and then I think they, I think he took his uh, timeout after that to kind of prepare them for it. And they honestly weren't prepared. Um, the Sharks had good movement. They had good looks on the power play all game long. Um, they just didn't get anything in. And then it started to break right for them. And then, honestly, they started to cr- they started to crumble. If you look on the fourth goal by LeBanc, um, uh, Fleury is overplaying to his glove side the near post on from the angle LeBanc is coming in from. He's honestly overplaying that angle by about a foot and a half. Yeah. And 
LeBanc has, and then there's two screens in the middle of him between him and like Timo's right in front of the net. And there's another player trying to get Timo and LeBanc has the whole left side of the net to shoot at. And he didn't even really have to do much other than just fire at that side. He didn't have to pick a corner or anything because Flurry was so out of position. Okay, great. Vegas then ties it. Great. Good job. You've tied it. And now you have the chance to win like you have had the entire game that you already coughed up. But now you bring yourself back in it. And again, Barkley Goodrow, of all people, he's not any of the he – is, he is maybe the least capable shark of, you know, on this team in terms of skill. No knock against him. The sharks are just very deep. He, I posted a video of it on Twitter and a screenshot. Every single Vegas defender in overtime was standing upright and barely moving. They were standstill. Braden McNabb just sat and lunged as Barkley Goudreau just blew right by him. And Barkley Goudreau did not like hop off the bench, receive a stretch pass, and then go. He circled all the way through the neutral zone from one side to the other, right in front of everyone's face. Yeah. You cannot just be standing there watching this happen. And it was a great move by Barkley Goudreau, but like. He did have some fresh legs. I think that must he had be some said. fresh that legs, but Gallant could have had fresh overtime. legs too. You know, there's no reason. There's, there's absolutely no reason why they couldn't have put it in the way. And they just did. Yeah. And I want to say, you know, that, that last that third period, their second half of the third period in the overtime. I mean, the, the emotions in that, in that, what, 30 minutes of hockey or so. Oh, oh my goodness. And um, I guess, I guess this might be a good time to get into the nitty gritty of, of the call. But mm-hmm. uh, before we even do that, man, seeing, seeing Pavelski go down like that was probably mm-hmm. one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Not only watching hockey, but just seeing anything Sports. on television where you realize this is like a real thing and it's not yeah. a fictional show. I mean, I've seen highlights, you know, like Paul Correa getting killed mm-hmm. by like, uh, what's his name? Scott Stevens. Scott S- Stevens. Just these crazy hits where people go live. Yeah. But I mean, you don't seeing it live and just seeing that he was bleeding right away. That was so scary. Also and bleeding that, from his top of his head. There was no the plastic holes. that yes. Yeah. It did, his like face guard didn't cut him on, on the on the chin or something like that. It was up near his like top of his skull and it was just pouring through the vents yeah. to have air for, flow. For that much blood to come out through yeah. the vents was crazy. And mm-hmm. that was so that was so scary. I, I think a lot of people can resonate with the fact that in that moment you honestly don't really care about mm-hmm. the result of the hockey game. You just realize that there's a human being there in like such a vulnerable position. And that just was incredibly frightening. And um, man, I, I hated that. And yeah, so that was very emotional. Like, like when you see stuff like that, it just, it like kind of makes you want to cry <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's I had a really scary. Yeah, you were saying, you know, after after the game, when we, you know, the Sharks have won and everyone's celebrating, and then I was thinking, like, oh man, all these people are going to go back to their to their loved ones and they're going to be celebrating and it's going to be so sweet. And then I thought, oh, Pavelski is going to go back to his wife and his kids, and Dad's not going to be okay, and that yeah. is sad. 
And that made me like really sad. And I was like, oh, because like the sharks well, yeah, show you... Nate Pavelski like all the time, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, oh man, like watching that. And, you know, they're there in person watching know, the game. I, it was they, in San Jose. They, they showed him like in game five and he's like happy, really energetic kid. But it's like, mm-hmm. that's like, that's a dad. That's a that, son. If that's traumatic for just a spectator, I mean, for, yeah. I mean, I totally, I, man, I so hope he's okay. And like, we don't know the extent of the injury, but that was Dude. that was flat out so scary. So, um, yeah. speaking of the injury, DeBoer today uh, basically said he's feeling the effects of it today. And then someone asked him, this was a quote from Kurz, and they said, like, oh, is he concussed or something like that? And he said, you heard what I said. I think you can put two and two together. So, Pavelski is concussed. You saw him sitting on the ice, his eyes couple of the shots you can see the blood pooling you can see him limp and you can see his eyes roll back to his head or rolling back and you saw him go limp you saw him not move at all when anyone started to assist him he lost consciousness for sure bleeding profusely and he's not okay he should be done for a long time yeah um so the call uh Eakin, ends up cross-checking him high below the neck, not at the neck, but on the top of the shoulders off a face off. Like I assume happens a lot based on what people have said, namely a very, very salty Marsha show that did not take uh, responsibility for his actions after game seven. And did you see that interview? Yes, I did. That was hilarious. Talk about salty. Um, and uh, he got pushed down and he was off balance and he was falling. Which is one thing. If he falls like that, he's going to land on his butt or something. He's going to be okay. But after that, Stastny takes him and throws him to the ground. And that's what causes this serious, serious injury. So people are really mad because they say, oh, people, everyone watched it happen. No one saw No one's hands go up right away. Um, But the refs are allowed to confer with the linesman. It's in the rule book. It happens all the time, especially on major penalties. When they call it, they make sure they're going to get it right. It, call it whatever you want. If you say Eakin, the, the call that they technically made on Eakin is wrong, sure. But I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. But it doesn't mean that they shouldn't have called a major. Yes. Called on Stastny. Right. Instead of Eakin. Okay, that hurts you more. It sure wouldn't have changed the result if you're going <clears> to <throat> collapse like you did. But if you say that shouldn't be a major penalty at all, and you say, what, that's going to just be a minor, and you see a player in serious, serious injury just laying motionless on the ice, bleeding profusely from their head, and the league is saying, this is okay, I'm fine with this, because technicality X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. No one wants to watch that. I don't want to watch a league where the refs are so constrained by the rule book that they have to call X, Y, and Z to get it right. Exactly. That you have a player in serious, serious injury. Like everyone across the world or not across the world, maybe, but you know, across the U S watching this game on national television is seeing someone and they're having dark thoughts. Is he okay? Is he going to be the same? Did he hurt his neck? Why is he emotionless? Is he paralyzed? Is he bleeding? Did he crack his skull open? And then you're saying, oh, you know what? That's technically a two-minute cross-checking minor. 
And yeah. people are saying like, oh, you shouldn't take injuries into account when calling penalties. That's excuse that's me. What's a double minor penalty? Yeah. Did you draw blood? All this is just ludicrous. Mm-hmm. I understand that people are mad about the technicality of like, oh, well, Eakin shouldn't have got called for what he did. Great. Throw out Stastny. It's the same call. Yeah. <clears throat> I, uh, I heard somebody, uh, or I, or, you know, when I was browsing through Twitter, some, someone said that the, the refs maybe have got, got the particulars wrong of that call, but the ultimate decision was correct. And I, I think you explained it in a great way. And one thing that I want to add in, in regard to, you know, calling a major penalty or game misconduct or something like that, headshots have been focused a lot these last couple of years as player safety has supposedly mm-hmm. been cracking down on plays like that very poorly, might I add, with its with their <laughs> inconsistency. All. I know, in name but, only. But, um, you know, I'm of the opinion, and I talked about this with, with my wife yesterday, but headshots generally if they happen even kind of with incidental contact when there wasn't intent that should generally lead to a suspension and you know why because like you said you don't want stuff like that happening in this game where people can get seriously seriously injured with life consequences because Mm -hmm. that's just let go so the, the the suspension on eric carlson earlier in the season you can argue that that was kind of incidental he didn't really mean to go for it but he still made contact to the head. Same thing with Joe Thorian. It wasn't the most mm-hmm. vicious type of head headshot, but he hit him in the head. And should he have been suspended? Yes. Those are yes, two Sharks players who 100%. should have been suspended. And all headshots, unless it's like completely accidental where you're like facing away and you are like going Backing for something and they have no, like no idea what's around them and somehow somebody gets hit in the head, like, okay, I understand that. But that's not how it is pretty much 90% of the time, right? Mm-hmm. That, those should be suspended as a statement, as a sign that this is not okay. This is dangerous. This is for people's safety, right? When you look at this play, so that's, that's my mindset on headshots and why and how they should be treated. That, that's a major thing, a, a major penalty or a suspension, a big consequence as a result of those plays. Now, that's headshots. But why shouldn't the same attitude be applied to other actions in the game? Now, when I look at this penalty by Eakin, people are going to say, you know, Gallant was saying the ref said he cross-checked him in the face. The refs maybe didn't see it, right? But they did see that he was majorly injured, as you said. Based right? on a cross-check. Based on did a they cross-check. get the actual target location correct? No, and we all know that. Right. So the thing is, there was an action taken by a player that was not taken, that if he did not act or play or or go for a hit in a certain way, may not have led to this injury. But because he did this, somebody was seriously hurt. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if I play with my stick up high in the air and I poke somebody's eye out, did I mean to do that? No, but was I playing carelessly with my stick and not having it down where it should be and somebody mm-hmm. got hurt? Yes, that should be a major thing. Somebody was injured. Did I, was I uncareful with my feet and took this guy's legs out and he fell and smacked his head and had a terrible concussion? Yes, you weren't playing careful enough with your awareness, right? That, that mm-hmm. one's a little bit more rough because like, stuff happens. But the, the point I'm trying to make 
is if you take a deliberate action that leads to an injury so mm-hmm. severe, there should be consequences. And by that logic, similar to like what I was saying, there should be consequences, severe consequences for severe things Injuries. that happen, right? So yes. that's my view on this Ekin. Yeah, the particulars are wrong. How many times do we see slashing get called when it's hooking or like tripping mm-hmm. get called when it's interference? That happens yeah. all the time for minor penalties. Was the intent of the was, – was it actually a penalty? Yes. They, they probably get that wrong a lot of the time throughout the season. Did he hit him in the face or high stick him? No. Did he cross check him? Check him? Yes. I don't even remember what it was called at. But was somebody seriously injured because he did something that led to that injury mm-hmm. and his teammate? Yes. Call mm-hmm. it on whoever. But yes, that should be a major penalty by, by this idea of keeping people safe and punishing actions that are dangerous. Exactly. And you, and you make a great point. Did he do something? Yes. But it's he 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 did something illegal by the yeah. rules too. Yes. And if you want to say, oh, this happens a thousand times out of whatever, great. Don't call it a thousand times out of whatever. But the one time when it ends in a serious injury, you have to call it. Yeah. People don't want to watch a sport where people are getting seriously injured, affected. We hope not for you know future you future down the road for him. But he got a serious head injury. He's bleeding from his head, whether or not he's, you know, has a serious concussion and that's going to affect him down the road. He ended up with an injury that prevented him from playing the rest of the game seven. And he couldn't even leave on his own power. He did not have his wits about him. He couldn't even sit up on his own. And this is Pavelski we're talking about, who mm-hmm. someone will do whatever it takes. So if you want to say Eakin shouldn't have got the penalty, great. Go ahead and call um, Stastny but if you're saying well by the letter of the law blah 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 this is why the rules are not automated by a robot these are why the rules are given up into human interpretation because if you sit there and you say so you you imagine this conference you, you we know the controversy has happened right now and part of this is because the national media did not pay attention to the series at all and then injected themselves in game seven for this call but missed the entire refing situation all the way up into this point that gives us this situation where in every single game there were crazy calls missed there was the overturned goal that should have counted by couture and then they penalized us with a precedent that's like literally never happened before and then we get a goal against like okay cool that's one that maybe you feel that shouldn't happen okay i agree that maybe Eakin shouldn't be penalized, but should have Stastny? Yes. So in reality, the effect is the same. So I don't care. But okay, that doesn't mean that doesn't even mean the tables are even based on whatever on the calls that have happened throughout the season or the, the series. But people are stopping watching the NFL because they say, we know what happens to brains after all of this uh, intense contact over and over and over people end up with CT and I don't want to watch a sport where people are slowly killing themselves. Yeah. You know, we don't want to watch a sport where let's say this happens. Pavelski goes down. Eakin does high stick him. Stastny do, or cross check him. Stastny does cross check him in the air to the ground like he did. And then you see Pavelski lying on the ice, bleeding, not moving, concussed, blacked out. And then the refs don't do anything. Yeah. 
what's the reaction? It's the same reaction the other way. How can you not call this? How can Mm -hmm. you let that happen? This is not an accident. This was a penalty that was taken that resulted in an unfortunate injury, but it was still an illegal action that caused this. Yeah. And all the national media sitting there, all these ex players, all these whatever ex um, GMs and stuff talking about what I think, what they think. These are also the people that are yelling at the Carolina hurricanes from having fun celebrations. (laughs) <laughs> and are saying, oh, I don't want to do this guy because he's a, I don't want to address this guy in playoff games because he's European. That's literally what Brian Burke was saying yesterday at Hockey Central at noon. The collective fan base just moans. No one wants to hear that. We don't care about what your opinion is for 90% of the things you say. I don't care what your opinion about this is because I'm the watching fan. You're just someone who sits there and is paid to commentate. I don't care about your opinion. <laughs> Yeah. And again, you just insert yourself into this conversation after missing the entire series. Braden, was it game one, game two? Braden McNabb absolutely clocking uh, Justin Braun in the face directly. Nothing. He did the same thing in the first round series last year. No suspension. Braden McNabb should have been suspended. Oh, he should have been suspended on multiple, <laughs> multiple occasions. Times this series, at as the well. end of what game game five, when he mm-hmm. forcefully kicked out his skate against Hurdle's yes. ankle, and yes, could that not have led to serious injury? That is an automatic review by player safety and the commissioner, um, and an automatic match penalty. Yeah, and absolutely. He's suspended. But they didn't do anything. Of course, they didn't do anything. Exactly, and it's like, oh, that happened the last twenty seconds of the game. So do a lot of game misconducts, and they still get called. Yeah, honestly. You know? And, 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 and just, that, you can just charged, repeat them off and off and off and off. Another player, and then yeah. did that. He did two good things drug. that p- potentially were suspension-worthy mm-hmm. and just failed to, to hit his mark. Mm-hmm. He's just running around. That's the type of player that's running around, trying to cause injury, trying to be a dirty player. He is a dirty player. Or being player. a dirty player. Trying. And is has not faced repercussion for what he's done, right? Exactly. Um, and where's where's the egregiousness of the not? Where's the complaints about the? Well, we're complaining, <laughs> obviously. But how come people aren't talking about the egregiousness of Brad, Brandon McNabb not getting suspended? Yeah, I like, know. Yeah. And the thing is, is if you want to suspend him or not, that's great. It's the playoffs. I understand that there's this two to one conversion of regular season game to playoff game, but they didn't even look. Yeah, it's a big. They didn't problem. look at anything he's done in the past two years, and you look at Ryan Reeves. He got called for his first penalty, minor penalty, in Game Seven. He's sitting on players after the end of play, yeah. just chilling, doing whatever he wants. Like, yeah. what is that? The last meeting, he and both in the regular season, he and Thornton both got fined for using their sticks in each other's faces when they were drawing at each other. They literally do the same exact thing with Reeves and Kane um, in playoff game one or two. No fines, no look. Yeah. What? I'm glad they stopped listening to Reeves chirping. The Muffin Man just sat there and he's tried and he was in our heads. And then as soon as he said, oh, I guess we don't really care what he thinks and we'll just play to the best of our abilities. They flipped the switch. Yeah, it was, uh, and that's another storyline in itself. But yeah, I mean, I, I think we've we've really we really hammered this out pretty well. But mm-hmm. I think you and I see pretty eye to eye on it. But yeah, I think what you said earlier is a great way um, 
to view it on that. Like we don't want a league where the officials are so constrained by the letter of the law that they can't act in that they're what should be appropriate for the spirit of the game or the spirit of the law, you know? Yeah. The spirit of the law is not meant to is to protect players. Yeah, protect what players happened? and make sure that things are played well, fairly, safely, right? And mm-hmm. if you feel like you're upset because that should have been a minor penalty, but are not considering that somebody was really hurt, taken by an act because of an action of another player or two, that's uh, that's an issue. And may it be said that if this ever happens the other way around, I hope that we are very much staying true to what we're saying, you know, because it should I mean... be the same regardless. Sharks players take dirty hits, and in the game, I say, like, Thornton, when he did what he did, I was like, Thornton, you cannot do that. You should be suspended. I think you and I are very Sharks biased, but when it comes to player safety, I think we see pretty eye-to-eye, and we land on safety almost every single time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the letter of the law is not to call the rules as they are written. It's to protect the players. Yeah. And we don't want to see people just sitting there saying, well, like, well, man, I did such a good job. I called this technicality 100% correct. It's no, we want you to see players safe. This is yeah. a dangerous game. You skate around at 30 miles an hour with knife on your feet. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, think you, I think you said the letter of the law. I think you mean the, the spirit of the law, the heart of the law. Or whatever you should, you, you should call the heart of the law instead of being proud that you called the letter directly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, and... Yeah, the the total sum of of injustice, <laughs> hockey injustice. I don't want to say actual injustice because it's very different, mm-hmm. but but uh, unfairness, biasness in this series, man. You've already listed a few examples, but man, I don't, I don't even want to hear it based on that last call, which can definitely be argued um, favorably for what happened. And I believe it was ultimately it was the right. The decision. result was correct. Yes, the result was correct. Um, so I literally was trying to scroll through my timeline to see when was game one to talk about all the missed calls to see that I had tweeted about. And it took me like five minutes to get there because there were so many. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'll say looking forward to this next series, unless you have anything to say, I really actually, sorry, I've been talking a lot. I was going to talk about how Reeves really got into our head and we really needed to get um, our mental game focused in order to win this series. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't think we need to talk about Ryan Reeves anymore. I mean, he became yeah. very much a non-factor in the last three games because of yeah. what you're saying. Um, we just decided to ignore him. <laughs> like, oh, it was that easy? Come on, guys. And you know what? Big, big collapses like this, I'm not sure how much it happens in other professional leagues, but in the, the nine years or whatever that I've been a, a big Sharks fan, even in that span of time, I'm, I'm very aware that big collapses and big victories happen in this league. And Vegas is in year two of being a franchise. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you, they, went to, they went to the Stanley Cup final their first season. I don't, I don't want to say good for you because I think that was <laughs> a little bit uh, ridiculous in some ways. But, you know, they did that. They were a good team. And now mm-hmm. they, they had something uh, infamous, like notoriously terrible happen to them in their second season. But you know what? That's the NHL and that's hockey. And pretty much yeah. every other team in the league has had 
has had something numerous, terrible happen. Numerous things. Yeah. So it's like you, you need to, it, it's really tough for you now, but realize that you were not robbed ultimately when you look at the big picture about you this. failed yourself and joined the club. <laughs> yeah. Join the club of everybody being a failure and except you're gonna for have to one. move on, right? Yeah, everyone's a failure every year except for one team. Yeah. And the thing is, too, is like just because they had a call that they don't agree with not go their way, like, and the thing is, is like you, you listen to the Marsha Show ESPN video interview from uh, Greg Wyshynski after the game where he was in the scrum and he just starts lousing f-bombs around lousing is not the right word i don't mean to say that uh loosing loosing f-bombs on a route about what a terrible call greatly saying you know hope he's okay hope pavelski is okay but you can't call that that happens all the time every single face-off blah 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 but they don't say that they say Eakin, yeah okay Eakin should not have been called for it but stastny should have stastny was the one who threw him into the ice but everyone's focusing on oh Eakin's cross check was whatever, and he bumped into no he didn't bump into. Stastny threw him down headfirst into the ice, right? And GM uh, George McPhee or whatever leaked to the media today that the NHL called them and apologized for getting the call wrong, and he said that instead of having the you know players really accept the faults of their actions and the coach accept the fault of his actions and ownership of having lost the game and lost the series, not being able to close it out three, three games in a row and epically failing in the past in game six and game seven. Um, but he leaked to the media that the NHL called him and apologized. It's like, great. Um, maybe they got the technicality wrong. You still failed yourself. The refs did not give you four games. And I think you kind of talk about how they excelled in their first year and a lot of people don't like them. And it kind of just comes off of they, I don't want to get sidetracked, but basically they haven't dealt with adversity. Well, that first season, they barely had any adversity at all this season. They've had some and they haven't dealt with it well Mm -hmm. the whole season. So and especially in the playoffs, they showed that they need really need to work on that. So I hope they don't improve and they continue to struggle with that for a long time. <laughs> but I say all that there, to say... There's the, there's the bitterness, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but what, what, what got me... Sorry, what got me on that topic was uh, you said, and a lot of people have said, oh, it happened to you now, so now... So, like, it was your turn and that makes it right. It's like that in itself doesn't make it right. They yeah. still feel that they had an injustice. Correct. Eakin was not the right call. Stastny should have been the right call. Um, but just because it happened to you doesn't make it right. Now you can, now they have their first thing of adversity so they can understand what it's like, but it doesn't make it right. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, oh, you were due for this in your second year. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely yeah. not that situation. I mean, you, yeah. you know, if you're in the league long enough, it's going to happen. It's mm-hmm. just the fact that this stuff happens. It happens, I mean, this... but they, they're dealing with it so poorly. Yeah. I haven't heard anyone from their own team say it was on them for giving four goals and then blowing game six and then blowing the overtime. Yeah. I mean, I can think back. I don't know a lot of other teams. I know they've gone through 
really sucky things, but th- the suckiest thing that's happened to the sharks in my mind is getting reverse swept by the Kings, but it's not like we were like, well, the Kings did. I mean, there was that call against Stalock. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the, Where you pushed, pushed him in the, the goal in game six, which was ridiculous, but it's not like I was so, so hung up on that for forever. You know, I mean, the sharks had taught, opportunities to win right uh there are also going to be some things that you're hung up on a little bit but i don't don't know maybe it'll just take time it takes time to settle down and realize like oh they blew it in these ways themselves you know uh which which is you know after time the, the way i generally see that series against the king so yeah um Shall we look forward to the abs? Yes, but briefly. Um, yes, I agree. We we should. Because I don't up. have a lot of information about this. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is we're gonna live and die by Jones. Yeah, you know, and it seems as if he's kind of gotten his mental state under control. He has three games of solid play, and uh, a really good save percentage in those games across those games um and on paper when jones plays the way we expect him to play on paper the team that you see shows up on the ice our depth is there our amazing transition defense is there our high scoring defense is there um and our coach is good enough to out to not be out coached and i i do want to add that i think Having having Vegas is a very good team, and and getting out from under that rock, that just behemoth, and that mm-hmm. you know part of that is that mental block of that team and the way they play, uh, being so frustrating is 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 great. And I don't think the Av- Avalanche is the same type of team that ha- have such a system that's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I don't fear that. Like, I, I feel like, you know, the, the Avalanche could just, like, outplay us and win. But I don't feel like it'll be stifling. Like, pulling teeth trying to get something going against this team. Yeah, I um, agree. That, that will, like, I wouldn't say that Vegas necessarily always stifled the Sharks. But it was kind of like, they they just got their when they were on their game, it, it like kept the sharks from really going, you know, it was really a, a big struggle. Um, yeah. Maybe the series will be a little bit more open and the sharks being able to play their game. And like you said, if Jones is on his game and playing well, that can feed into the energy of the D and the offense and letting the, the rest of the system play itself out as it should. Yeah. I, I agree. I think, um, I think there was definitely a huge mental mental component going on for the Sharks. You know, whatever it is, the Sharks do not play Sharks hockey when we play Vegas. <laughs> you know, we, yeah. we, we, we dominated Tampa when we played them. You know, they were the 120-point team in the regular season. We played Colorado to finish the season, and, and we beat them, and we did a really good job. You know, but we see Vegas and we, we get scored on the first 10 seconds, 15 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds of every period for like three games in a row. 
Are you joking? <laughs> that's not normal. Yeah. You know, that's not regular. And we are over that hump now. And we can just look forward to the Avs, a normal, good team that has not specifically drawn our number and extremely effective against us. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh. I know. So I, I've talked about Jones and assuming Jones has turned the corner in the past three games, his total sum save percentage is a nine, four, six. And Philip Grubauer is a extremely hot goalie and his past two games over that same time span is a, is a nine, five, five save percentage. Wow. Yeah. So he's really hot. Obviously you have, uh, Miko Rantanen and, uh, uh, oh my gosh, Nathan McKinnon, who are like both like a hundred point scores essentially, or at least both ninety plus point scores, um, they're going to drive the team. You know that line of them plus Gabriel Landeskog, that's all they have. They did get some help from the depth players in the first round, but we know that that's driving the team. Yeah, and their defensive depth is really just non-existent. That's the thing. I think we can take advantage of their defense. The yeah. only thing I'm really worried about, and this is not this is not anything solid, but I remember back in 2016 going into the Stanley Cup final, um, we were talking about how, you know, Pittsburgh's D is not, uh, you know, they didn't have the names that were too great, but they played great defensive hockey against us in that series. So, mm-hmm. and I, I think in this first round, it seems like, Colorado had some good team defensive play to really shut down Calgary. Well, um, so I'm I'm worried I'm worried that you know, yeah, they don't have that depth and that numbers, but they just have like players that are that are playing well together and doing things right in their system. So, but you yeah. know, that, there's it's a two way street. The Sharks the Sharks can overcome that. It's another series. Uh, teams are going to maybe play to another level. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of factors. The Sharks are also pretty badly injured now, and that's, just, that's definitely yeah. a big thing that needs to be considered. Yeah, I will say the high-end depth on – the high-end talent on the Colorado forward core 100% outmatches our depth, our high-end depth on our forward core, but our forward depth definitely outranks theirs. So if we have our Couture, Timo Meyer, Hurdle, whatever, we have those players matched against – and I'm not saying they're a line combination, but I'm saying those players matched with Vlasic on D against that top line, which you know will be the matchup that we're trying to get every time. And we have home ice advantage, so we can get that matchup more than we can't. Um, we were able to keep Stastny, Pacioretty, and Stone off the ice, or off the scoreboard in one game when they had literally ravaged us the whole series. Um, so we have the personnel to do it. And I think Jones hopefully has turned the corner and our defensive depth is vastly outranks theirs. <clears throat> yeah. I, I really hope the team and not only Jones, but I feel like the, I really hope the, the team defensive structure mm-hmm. has solidified in a much better way. Um, I think game game six was really good defensively. Game five was really solid uh, against Vegas. Uh, so they're definitely going off some positives in a change team dynamic. And uh, 
I just hope that continues, that they, they tighten up and that, that they play <coughs> aggressively, but that they don't sacrifice things and that they play more balanced. So, yeah. Yeah. And anyway, it, it'll be a good series. I think it'll be a fun series. I think I'll feel mentally more relaxed than against Vegas. <laughs> more oh, calm. For sure. Also, <laughs> the vitriol will not be there. Yes. Oh, absolutely. What on earth happened? You know, what is going on? But yes, it will not be like that. And I just want to I just want to start closing with this though. But mm-hmm. I remember after game game four when we down the three one, it was kind of like we had already lost this <laughs> lost the series. Yeah, dude. I remember that was going dark. on Twitter and what's his name, Mark Purdy, was always like, "This team can't get it done." And the <laughs> it's like, but you know, I don't wanna, yeah. I don't mean to single him out, but everybody was everyone being, went like, there this so str- fast <laughs> yeah every, we all we all went there really three yeah. one i mean i was hoping that we would come back you always hope a little bit but there's all that is that negativity it's like ah the sharks are collapsing again mm-hmm. but man the sharks just did something that they've never done before and that's very uncommon uh in coming back you know games aside but coming back from a 3-1 series deficit and i think that's really encouraging the the game seven being able to do what they did, what that does emotionally and, and like like we were talking about earlier, the determination and will for the team to just carry through no matter what adversity you face. Uh, that probably matters in some way. That again, that's mm-hmm. really one of those intangible things, but things like that I do believe matter. It's just one of those things that we can't quantify. And oh, for you can't sure. really understand. Like you know it, you know it's there and it matters, but you just don't understand it. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think the Sharks gained a huge chunk of that. Yeah, definitely. After conquering Vegas. And you know, I think Colorado probably did too with um with Calgary. But I think we've seen with Calgary over the past couple of years that they don't they're kind of like Vegas in the fact that when it comes to the pressure situations in the playoffs, they don't really have the medal. They get all the hype in the regular season, but when it comes, when it really counts, their best players don't show up. Mm-hmm. And not, uh, not that they've been to the playoffs very much in the last few years, but well, they are a Canadian team, so they are going to be highlighted, right? Yeah, two years in a row, they've both made it both times, and people were really, really high on them. Um, but I think the to wrap up my point of view as well, uh, I agree. I think we'll see how those injuries are really hurting us or helping us. Pavelski is going to be out, you know? Yeah. I don't really want him back unless he's hundred percent healthy and I don't trust him to be hundred percent healthy. Yeah. He had, he had four points in seven games, two goals to assist. So for someone who scored like what, 38 goals in the regular season, you would hope he had more along the lines of hurdle and Couture who had six points or six goals, two points, two assists each. Um, yeah. It's time for Evander Kane and Timo Meyer to get more on the score sheet. They both have one goal and four points each. Um, and, our, and our depth to get going more, too. Yeah, Gustav Nyquist, three assists. Buddy, you're better than this. Yeah. You know, so uh, Donskoy, I think, will probably miss game one. He came out for a twirl. It's been a couple days from his concussion. Um, I don't know how serious the concussion was, but, you know, five to ten days you can come back to action. So uh, I probably expect to miss him for about a day. The game one, maybe see him in game two or game three. But I expect him back in the series. Um, but the Sharks were able to beat Vegas without Donskoy. So 
I think we'll be okay if we have to play with a short bench for one day yeah. for a game or two. And uh, we'll see how losing Pavelski hurts us, but Vlasic's back, and we lost every game when Vlasic was out and won every game with him in. Yeah, so... definitely. <laughs> so finally, predictions for the series, Ian? Predictions? I'll say I think Eric Carlson will show him show himself out. He has nine points. He's our leading scorer. Just, think... just give me the just give me the winner in the number. Of okay, games. okay, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think on paper, and the depth of talent throughout the entire lineup will overmatch the um, arguably better goaltender and Grubauer and uh, the high top end talent of their team. Um, I could see it going six. Sharks, but I'm a hope for five. Sharks. Yeah. I'm no matter what, shark- I'm going to say Sharks will win. I'm going to say Sharks in six. Yeah, I think uh, I think maybe the rest of Colorado could bite us in the first game or two. Yeah, I can see that. And After the coming over such an now. emotional game seven. Yeah. Well, let's hope for the best for the Sharks. Let's hope for a mm-hmm. safe series. Yes. Can we and... not lose someone like every game? Yeah. Health, please. Health. Yeah. But honestly, on both sides, that was just, yeah. that was exciting. But still, to have that happen to somebody at the end is, is scary. Yeah. And you know what? Let's, help, let's, let's hope for a well ref series. The oh Colorado, my gosh, please. All the refs involved in the Vegas San Jose series and the Toronto Maple Leaf series, which what I followed was also basically just as bad. Yeah. Uh, none of them are moving forward in the playoffs. And okay, Colorado good. and Calgary apparently was refed like a regular season game. So, <laughs> you know, calling a lot of stuff. So, you know, hopefully hopefully that comes through and we get safe games. Definitely. All right. Well, go Sharks. Uh, go Sharks. Round two starts tomorrow and uh, it'll be exciting. But it's time to rest and I'm going to go on vacation. Enjoy your vacation. Thank you. All right. Go Sharks. Go Sharks.